0: Perfect Emotion, episode 6A. This is another short episode, because a lot of people are busy this week. So, filling in for everyone else this week, I've got other Sandy.
1: Hi, I'm the replacement Sandy.
0: Yeah, you should remember him from a few episodes back when we were talking about The Matrix and Inception. That was And Hoodwinked. And Hoodwinked.
1: It wasn't Matrix and Inception, actually. It was uh, Hoodwinked and Kimmy Schmidt.
0: Oh my god, I'm terrible at this. Yes, yes, the Hoodwinked and Kimmy Schmidt episode. Yes, that was a, a few weeks back. But yes, so... Everyone else is busy this week, uh, so you've just got me and Sandy today. Oh now, yeah, we're calling him Sandy, not sandals or anything like that. Because <laughs> I usually just call him Sandy.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So we're going to put everything on pause for uh, until next, until the next couple of weeks. So this week, me and Sandy are going to talk about a game we really like and we've been playing a lot of recently, and also an experience that we had. Was it two weeks ago now?
1: Uh, yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah,
0: yeah. So we'll talk about that first. So two weeks ago, me and Sandy paid a man a fair bit of money to lock us in a room and see if we could escape.
1: And it was good fun. Yeah, yeah. It was really
0: good fun. So I think these are called, are they Escape the Rooms?
1: I think they're called like Escape the Room things.
0: Okay, because the company we it's called uh, Can You Escape HQ, I think.
1: I, I don't know, and that's bad, because I would like to big them up, because it was the best of them that I've been to.
0: I've got their card here, but the big logo on it just says TripAdvisor?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we went to TripAdvisor, and they locked us in a <laughs> room.
0: Yeah, and then we escaped, and we found... <laughs> oh my god, it was really good. But they're, they're closing down the one in Edinburgh. Uh, the room, sorry. They, they keep refreshing them every now and then, so you can go multiple times. So we'll talk we just... about the first room that we were in, because that's coming to an end soon. Yeah, um, I was about
1: to say. We'll briefly talk I about didn't...
0: the second one without spoiling anything.
1: Yeah, I didn't I say in like for the pre-talk. But are we talking about spoilers for the rooms?
0: Uh, no, I think for the for the first room that we went in, I think it's fine because they're going to be closing it down. Okay, but the second room is going to be that's going to continue on for a while.
1: Well, um, they were just they just opened it.
0: Yes, yes, they did. We were one of the first people. We got on the leaderboard, didn't we?
1: We did. We were like fourth.
0: So uh, w- I think it was called "Can You Escape HQ" in Edinburgh.
1: And that was cool But it's a, there's several of them around the country. It's, there's several uh, of them in Edinburgh.
0: There's several of them the, around the country. Yeah.
1: They've become really popular really recently. Mm. But are the basically
0: expensive it was what was it? Sixty quid for a room?
1: Was it no, we went to two rooms, so.
0: Yeah, but it was thirty pounds each and there was four of us.
1: I I d I don't know.
0: But it was sixty quid to lock as many people as you want in a room and you can escape. So the first room was on Barber Street, wasn't it?
1: Well, do you want to explain the basic premise of these kind of rooms?
0: Well, I, I was just going to go through the storyline.
1: Okay, go for it.
0: I think that's the best way. So we were the theme was we were secret agents breaking into this uh, this doctor's house. I've forgotten his name.
1: But oh, the, it was like Doctor Balding or something.
0: Yes, he was an evil genius who was bald, as you could tell, and his evil <laughs> plan was to put baldness formula in the water supply and make everybody in Edinburgh bald. And he lived on Barber Street. So. We went downstairs and there was a door. Next to it was a big street sign. that said Barber Street.
1: And there was a welcome mat and a plant pot. Yeah,
0: there was a welcome mat. There was a plant pot. And then a man came down and he was wearing like a, uh, not a uh, flat okay. jacket, but like a tactical vest with loads and loads of things on it.
1: The like, oh, yeah, one of the vests they wear with pockets. It's a pocketed yes. vest.
0: And it had an earpiece that he wasn't using. And he, <laughs> we we had agent names. Sandy, your agent name was amazing. It was...
1: I, I can't know. remember. it. Um, oh, Blade Jagger.
0: Blade Jagger. Mine was... I've completely forgotten mine. Mine was something equally as silly. But, I so
1: remember he, <laughs> Blade Jagger because that was my cool guy name in school.
0: He must have been so awesome at school, Sam.
1: <laughs> Blade Jagger was brilliant.
0: So anyway, Blade Jagger was our team communications officer. And he was given uh, a walkie-talkie and an iPad. And so the iPad displayed how much time we had before he was... Go- Dr. Balding was going to come back to his, his house and find out we were there. And so... We went in, and the door locked behind us, and we had to find out the secret formula. Steal, steal the secret formula!
1: We had to steal it and get out before his security system locked us in, or we got caught by him.
0: Yeah, so we just had an hour to escape, and you go in, and there's just... It's just like a normal room. There's nothing magical, it's not really... It's effectively the crystal maze, but there's no sort of like obvious <laughs> keyhole that you've got to find a giant oversized blue key for. You're just there, you're like, what's going on? So... You end up tearing everything down, and you go, well, this is a bit unusual. This is a bit unusual.
1: That's my favourite moment of entering one of these rooms, because I've done a couple of them now. And my favourite moment is the, you first enter the room, what's the first puzzle? We have to find out what the first puzzle is. It's nothing obviously a puzzle.
0: Yeah, and so a lot of them are sort of sequentially themed. So this puzzle will give you a key that opens that door, that... Has a secret thing on the back of it with a black light, and so you shine that on there, and you realize that there's a switch on the other side of the room. And
1: and there's there's yeah. always like also like framed pictures around the room, and the framed pictures are normally a puzzle because there's like one of them with say well in that room there were Scrabble letters saying like glasses plus key plus something else equals question mark question mark. Yeah, and without any context, it doesn't mean anything. But you know, you look at it and you go, that's going to be useful later.
0: And so I think you eventually find a load of Scrabble letters that spell Notepad.
1: And then you have to figure out what it, what to do with these three objects.
0: And beneath the picture frame, there was originally a a weighing scale. And it turns out you have to put the glasses, the notebook, and the wallet on the weighing scale, find out their mass, and then type it into the password somewhere else.
1: Uh, but there was other like there, it seemed really old, odd. This one, but it was really good because. There were several different puzzles to start with. It was sequential in order, but we had a mass to begin with, more than we could do as a group.
0: Yeah. So, like, one of the puzzles, or one of the puzzles you had to find the solution to, but the actual puzzle was there was a box full of keys with labels on. (laughs) And you just had to find the right label, and you had to know what one you were looking for. But we sort of iterated it through and threw out all the keys that we knew were wrong because we couldn't find keyholes for them.
1: Like, they were these old, awkward-shaped keys, which there couldn't possibly have been a keyhole in sight for.
0: Yeah. And, oh my God, it's hard to explain how much fun it is because-
1: Because you're only there for an hour. It's timed.
0: Yeah. And you're like, what what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing?
1: (laughs) Well, I think kind of the same with university or in school, like exam time kicks in and your brain works in overdrive. And it it seems 10 minutes seems a lot longer than 10 minutes actually is during like when you're making toast.
0: But, um, should we, should we, like, run through in entirety of one of the puzzles, including how we find things? Okay. Which uh, one? Because we, we've sort of done the the glasses one, but I think we missed out another bit. I quite liked the. Mm,
1: I liked the ringing telephone.
0: The ringing telephone.
1: Or I liked, I like the the radio. Yeah,
0: I think the telephone works well. The telephone works well. Let's go, let's go with the telephone. So you come up into a small room when you start off with, and there's a bookcase on the right hand side. It's well, for there's two bookcases and a big wooden panel on the right side. And Which eventually... is also a
1: shelving unit.
0: Yeah. And so you, you find somewhere else that you find some plans and you realise that's actually a secret door and there.
1: That's so cool. Like secret doors are something you don't encounter in real life.
0: And it's it's really not obvious. And you look at it and it's like, oh wow, so I need to empty these shelves and I need to twist these these book uh, the platforms in the bookcase a certain way and, and then the door push. will open. And then it does. And then you can look behind the door and you can see the mechanism and it's so, so simple, but it works so well. It's
1: It's just like like in Scooby-Doo.
0: Yeah, that, that's what it felt like. It did feel like this huge Scooby-Doo adventure. And so we, we got through and we, after we found this, we immediately discarded the plans. We were <laughs> rifling through elsewhere. And we had to look for, we found the computer and we found the keyboard and we were typing away trying to hack it and we were trying to get his passwords and his password was like, what's your mother's name? We're like, oh my God, we don't know his mother's name. So we were looking everywhere for this and we sort of ignored that, didn't we, for the next 20 minutes because we couldn't find any evidence of his mother's name. Well,
1: that, and we had at least three other puzzles on the go at the same time. We had yeah, several... It's always what, something to do. And especially because we entered a new room, and it's hard to describe, unless you've done the puzzle, what entering a new room in that feels like, but it's like suddenly there are toys everywhere, and they're full of mystery.
0: You see a box, you see a filing cabinet, you see a desk, and you're just like, right, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to rip the cushions off the chair, step number one. I'm going to turn that <laughs> thing over because there's something on the bottom of it. And, and i open door it. Here,
1: And the store's full of holes. Why <laughs> is the store full of holes? Why
0: is there a cane on the ground? Thing? <laughs> <laughs> So many silly things going on, and you're just like, I'll just do all of them. Because we, we did. We spent ages searching for things. We ran out of clues. And then we tore the couch apart. We're like, oh, we found four more clues. <laughs> <laughs> we should perhaps do this some more. Uh, and we, we've learned, actually, that you always need to check beneath something, because we, we messed that up twice.
1: Also, the classic thing is, check the book, Kate, the books, because there's always something in the books. Mm.
0: So, anyway, so... we just this is what this. we
1: said going in. We said, like, we're, number one thing, ransack the books.
0: So we
1: we, we we picked up we all the books.
0: Just... We looked at them all, but we didn't really open them. You know, when you hold <laughs> the hold the two covers and turn it upside down and you flap it around and it looks a bit and like also a like, bird.
1: Huh? Fake books. Because another ones that we've I've done, fake books are quite easy to spot. Books that have like a, a safe built in, they're really easy. They don't look like books. They look like a, a safe with a book sleeve on. But, and these were all real books.
0: Yeah. So they, they'd actually taken a book. They'd actually cut a huge hold of it. They'd actually just hidden a phone inside of it.
1: like they they pasted the pages together and cut out a rectangle
0: and it was just oh my god that was so infuriating because we'd all touched the book we'd all lifted the book up and went the book and
1: (laughs) And there was the reason we were looking for a phone is because we heard a phone ringing
0: and we searched everywhere in that room for it and we eventually got the right part of the room it was coming for but we thought ah this is the same panel that has a secret entrance into it so there must be something wrong with another one of these panels and nick touched one of these panels and was like oh this panel panel feels weird doesn't it alan and i touched it went yeah sure better comes off and just tugged on what could have been <laughs> a perfectly solid piece of wall and it came apart with my hands i was like oh god <laughs> <laughs> and that was a different puzzle because we had a, a big long tube with something at the bottom that had a, a float and a key attached to it, and so we had to fill up. What did we do? We filled up a water jug.
1: We filled up. A, there was a, no. There was pitchers around the room. There was just like yeah, it, it was like yeah. someone's room. Had a pitcher for drinking water, and we just filled up a pitcher.
0: And then we we, we put it in the we put it in the pipe, and then it floated to the top, and we got the key. But so we we found that out before we realized that the phone was in the bookcase. The phone, the phone rang several times. It <laughs> rang out the voicemail several times, which is so infuriating. When we actually found out, and somebody picked up the bookcase, and I think it rattled a bit, they're like, <laughs> ah, opened it up, then "We found a phone, guys!" And then we had to work out the pin code, and
1: oh that was, it was it was, just, yeah. it was amazing. My other favorite puzzle was the the radio because I really like when these games because it is a game it, but it's amazing because it's a physical game which you don't actually play that often as adults mm. but when it has a more than a puzzle solving solution when the puzzle is audio or visual rather than mix and match these numbers and yeah, the radio yeah. one was amazing for doing that
0: what was the the
1: radio puzzle in the end it was the, the puzzle was you just listened to the radio because when we went in there was a TV was playing and it was going like, hey, welcome to Escape FM. Now let's play some Queen. And it's, I want to break free. <laughs> and so there's this radio in the background just playing really cheesy music that you just tune out.
0: All sort until- of escape themed, <laughs> we should say. Like, I want to break free was the start of, of, of an hour long's worth of music about escaping the room.
1: <laughs> but then towards the end, about 40 minutes in, our uh, handler over the radio went, Why don't you listen to that radio station carefully? Because we were, we were pretty stuck. And if you listen, he, the guy goes, ha ha, Not long now to enter our competition. What is these three numbers? Or, or something along those lines. And it's saying out the solution. It's just saying the solution, but everyone has tuned it out. It's just, oh. Genuinely,
0: it felt like I jumped into this weird alternate fantasy. And there was a madman trying to poison the water supply, <laughs> we had to break in and steal something.
1: Because oh, like...
0: it's so complete. Like There is just a notebook full of notes about stuff. There is a huge... Someone wrote a huge paper on going bald, and that's just there. <laughs> this huge stack of information, like six pages long, fully typed. No lops and mips and stuff there. An actual paper just talking about going bald.
1: And there was like a big map of Edinburgh and part of it was how long is the canal was a clue.
0: And then so Nick was going to measure it. Oh, I persuaded Nick to measure it because we discarded a piece of paper with the information on it earlier on because (laughs) somebody um, Somebody went, guys, look at this piece of paper. It has one piece of information on it. We wrote down that piece of information and then threw away the piece of paper. (laughs) If When I say throw away, I don't mean we put it in a bin. We carefully stashed it away somewhere. No, we literally just tossed it over our shoulders. Because that's what you did with everything.
1: Especially because we we, we got out with minutes to spare. Yeah. So towards the end, we were just like, when we had to open a file of paper, we were just throwing the files out, looking for anything that was useful. (laughs) Like classic over the back of your shoulder kind of method of throwing.
0: This is this is the point where we found this box and we couldn't find a key for it, and the key was actually blue-tacked to the bottom. <laughs> so I'm going to give you some advice. If you ever go, huh, I can't open this; it's locked. Go, there might be a key on the bottom, guys. And then the second time we did this, well, I'm not going to say, but it was a similar solution to the first. <laughs> I also broke a puzzle in the second one. I was touching this. They've got some boxes changed up. With well, the their, second uh, one
1: was space-themed.
0: Yes, yes, which is pretty cool. Um, but the, the second one had this chain, and there was a padlock. <laughs> wrapping this chain around this box, and you've got to get it out, and you eventually find a key to open it. But I held it, I put in a different key for it, and then I twisted it over because I couldn't see... No, it was a
1: number. It was a, it it it? Was a numerical code.
0: Yeah, so I, I twisted numbers to what I thought was right, and then I realized the black line telling me what numbers it was was on the other side, so I turned it over in my hand, and that caused so much stress that the thing just popped open, and I was like, oh, oh. I think I accidentally found the wrong number.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a freebie.
0: <laughs> but we, we got out in the end, and they... I think they don't mind things like that happening because
1: it's worse because well
0: yeah it's worse breaking game. the reality and yeah, it is I mean, only a game and
1: I I definitely preferred the the first game to the second one
0: yeah and they but, they don't have preset things that they've got to tell you what like if you're having trouble with one puzzle they may tell you the answer but not everyone say, will get that hit I
1: was about to say what are your feelings on them just kind of giving you the answer of the radio because in the second one which was space themed Instead of having a radio, someone was talking to you over. It had a computer interface that they would type a message, and it would come up on the screen, and we could type back. But we pretend mm-hmm. you know, the 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 simulation, the the game, was that it was a computer talking to us. Yeah. And so I much preferred that one for some reason because it felt more constrained about what they could tell you. Because it felt yeah. a bit cheap when they were going like, "Oh, why don't you? Uh, why don't you do this thing? Like, why don't you drink the water?" or I think it,
0: it it worked out okay, I think. Um, I think we were just being... Because there are times when you just go... You, you, you go almost blind to some things. Like, you ignore it. Your brain goes, this is part of the background. Like we did with the book. And the radio. And the radio. And I think those hints are okay, because these things do happen. And, you it know, just, if you're arguing over purity, over fun, don't go to a room where they lock you in. <laughs> you meant it, to escape.
1: It felt a little bit cheap in my mind but i guess
0: oh i i didn't mind it because i thought we were genuinely struggling and i don't think they they never sort of
1: they, they don't ruin the
0: puzzle for us yeah yeah they'd much rather you escaped and they helped you than you sat there for an hour going i've got no idea what's going
1: on <laughs> <laughs> and that first one was tough like the first room the the balding evil geniuses room was much tougher than the space station
0: yes yeah i think the the space station was a bit finickety And I also think I think a big difference between the two of them is we've grown up with sort of secret bookcases. (laughs) And we've grown up with removable wooden panels. And we've grown up with you know, canes that are more than they appear, and we've grown up with keys. Or secret
1: pressure switches under the carpet.
0: Yeah, what we haven't grown up with is like secret space things. And so all of that was just alien and that felt a bit more like the crystal maze of here's a series of puzzles you have to solve as well, opposed to
1: Especially since the crystal maze has like the space themed area.
0: Yeah. And it was almost the same as that. But like the 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 one that was set in the Barber Street, that really did feel like we went into this room and our goal was to get out that secret thing. <laughs> whereas the one in space was just solve all these puzzles in the allotted time, I felt.
1: Yeah. Well, I also I think Without spoiling the space one, the space one was a set of disjointed puzzles which all had to be solved. Yeah. Whereas the barber street room was one continuous narrative oh, yeah. of get this thing, and Should each we... puzzle led to the next puzzle.
0: Should we tell them what the the plot
1: of the space station is? I don't think that's spoiling us. We're not okay, telling so... them how to do the puzzles.
0: No, so so you're on the space station. I don't. It's unclear whether it's a moon base or a space station. And the oxygen supplies failed, and oh, you've got to go oh. into this room that has a limited supply of oxygen. You've got to fix everything so you can turn on the escape vessel and get out. And so that's why you've got a series of disjointed puzzles because there's a puzzle for eight the things lights need to be system. fixed. Yeah, there's a puzzle for the lights. There's a puzzle for that yada yada yada.
1: Um. I did, yeah. and this wasn't a puzzle, but I did like the lights turning off mechanic unless you put fuel in.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was really good. And that was another thing where they had control over that. Because I did feel sometimes at the worst moment possible, the lights would go out. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Throw another Fiora in. And Nick was (laughs) like, if I put two rods in, there's a fix. Uh, (laughs) And at this point, it hadn't dawned on me that somebody was controlling a bus.
1: (laughs) 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 It's really good to lose yourself in the the immersion.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, you do. And it's just, oh, my God. They're really, really good. Um. I like Ooh. it. I, I would fully encourage.
1: I, well, this is the third one I've done, and it was really the best one. But yeah. they've all been fun. Even, even the bad one, it well, wasn't bad, but it was another new one that had just started up, and some of the puzzles were literally broken. Oh. like The order that you needed to unlock a padlock in, the numbers were jumbled up, so you couldn't physically unlock it. Oh, joy. <laughs> but even that one was fun like the the act of being in the room with a time limit and the entire room is a toy is really good fun and
0: you can you can you can trash the place <laughs> yeah. When we learned there was something in the books we tore every single book off the bookshelf we opened it we flapped it around and then we just tossed it across the room we didn't
1: make a nice pile we just <laughs> and when, when, threw we to, when we were looking through the keys we just dumped every key onto the floor and
0: i think there's several boxes of keys so they had to go back and sort out all the keys into the right boxes <laughs> but it's uh it's it's quite nice, just a just playing with the room, and it's also good fun trying to escape. And some of the puzzles are actually quite nice. I mean, well, definitely, yeah. Like they're, they're the really active puzzle. I think it's more crystal maze than sort of sitting in a chair and thinking the answer to a riddle. Uh, I
1: do, I find it like I I wonder how many different variations on the puzzles you can have though. I think I it's concerned. just the
0: order and the general solutions. Oh, sorry, my PS four. You heard that? I'm kind this off now. You may hear another sound. Oh Alan. Well my PS4 was on. I had to turn it off, otherwise he was gonna to... he's the type of person who keeps joining different parties a lot. And so I'm always gonna get another hundred of them. I led it out, of it Yeah, it was good fun. I uh I would
1: It's really good fun to have a physical game, because as adults you don't play physical games unless it's in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, you don't play like you don't go outside and play tag. Yeah, yeah. You don't trash a room because trashing a room is fun.
0: I would almost yes. recommend it to anybody. I would say it's a little pricey, I think. But I think it's, it's a, worth to do it once. But as a group, it yeah. becomes quite cheap. If you send six of you in, that's a tenner for an hour. Uh, and it's comically good fun. And you never have to do it again.
1: And you know, I, think like, a lot, <laughs> I think a lot about how fun it is really depends on how well it's been organized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that one in the, the, the Balding Evil Geniuses one... That one, I think, if we weren't in a group our size, it would have been a lot more difficult.
0: Yeah, there, are definitely, there were definitely puzzles that you needed two people to do, potentially three.
1: And um, I think just maybe even four, because there are several on the go at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah, if you, if, yeah that's, I think, a big advantage for that one. You could do multiple things.
1: Because that's a problem I've encountered in other rooms, is the fact that because there's only one puzzle on the go at a time, some people are just standing around thinking, but not really participating because they've got nothing to do
0: yeah i I think that was the weakness of the space one although there was lots to do you couldn't really have more than two things going on at once because you needed communication between people yeah and so you can't really have two people shouting weird obstruct weird instructions (laughs) at each other that just doesn't work so um
1: but definitely go do them they are they are they are really
0: good fun i had loads of fun we did two escape the room that was good fun well this one's called can you escape hq if you're in well, Edinburgh, uh, Iraq, go do that. They're on TripAdvisor, <laughs> the- apparently. Maybe they're owned by TripAdvisor. We don't know. We can't <laughs> tell at this point in time. Um, yeah,
1: they're, they're great fun.
0: Yeah, try and be... What was her name? GhostBuds? Butts. Try and be Butts in the space room. We were fourth. We might be off the leaderboard now.
1: There are two in Edinburgh. Yeah, there are two. Two different companies that do it. And, and they're both good. Too. Like, I can recommend both of them. Yeah. Go do those things. They're good fun. Right, should we move on and talk about... Let's move on. Bloodborne? Another game with a good sense of physicality as a segue. Uh, sure, let's go with that. Ooh, this sure. is home. Oh.
0: Hey, also. You're wearing headphones, aren't you?
1: I am wearing headphones, yes. Oh,
0: okay,
1: okay so Bloodborne.
0: Oh yeah, Bloodborne. So, hmm, what's the best way to describe Bloodborne? Uh, Demon's Souls 3? No, Demon's Souls 4. I think it's probably the best way to describe
1: it. Yes, it's, a, it's an action RPG from... From Software.
0: That's a weird name. I wonder if they ever thought about that. But it's, <laughs> it's the next one in the iteration, and it's it's very different from the Souls games in a lot of ways, but it's also very similar. So it keeps the same sort of general pace of you can die, you can lose everything, but as things won't surprise you. Like, things will jump out of the corridors and kill you, but the next time you know there's a thing down that corridor, and it won't get you You'll know.
1: Time, so knowledge and exploration is rewarded.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's different in that it tries to limit the number of playstyles that you have. I think I, I played uh Dark Souls 1, and it's very intimidating at first. You have ten different stats, and I've got no <laughs> idea what any of these do. And they're named really obtusely. You have a humanity poise. meter, for God's sake. There's poise. What does poise do, Alan? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and there's a lot to it, but Bloodborne just has a much simpler one, so there's uh
1: strength dexterity vitality uh stamina stamina
0: arcane and blood tinge
1: (laughs) and just you can ignore those other those last two
0: yeah but they're even labeled as arcane arcane is for magic things they basically say don't they
1: yeah and it says blood blood tinge is
0: for guns (laughs) or weapons that use quicksilver bullets which is guns (laughs) guns and flamethrowers and cannons you know that sort of thing um well, I mean, I think it's much simpler in that sense, because, you know, it's you, also, you can get to it and just go, I need strength for this weapon, I need skill, skill for that. I think it's
1: also more simpler mainstream in the way it does combat, because Dark Souls, I haven't played it, but from what I've watched and what I've seen, its combat is a lot more stand still, defend the blow, now's the time to attack. It's a lot more stationary yeah. and yeah. patience-based, um, whereas... Dark Souls... No, sorry, Blood, uh, Bloodborne encourages aggression.
0: Yeah, so much so that if you take a hit, you can recover almost all of the health by being aggressive in attacking. So if you take a hit, part of your health bar turns... like orange?
1: Well, your health decreases, but it keeps a marker at where it originally was.
0: And you've got a few seconds to deal some damage and get that health back.
1: And then the marker will drop, and the marker is where you can recover your health too.
0: Yeah, I think it's called Rally. You can rally your really? health, yeah, because huh. there's a blood gem that ups your rally potential.
1: But also, things are introduced really slowly, which is nice as well, like the mechanics.
0: Yeah, so at the start, you don't have any weapons.
1: And well, you, ha- you have. Oh, you don't even do you've you? You've
0: got your fists, and they work exactly <laughs> as everything else. And then you meet a werewolf. That goes. werewolf. That was what as you expect. <laughs> I managed to get a few hits off, and I was really annoyed when he killed me, but, uh... Yeah, I,
1: I think I was doing quite well against him, actually, and then suddenly my face was being eaten.
0: Yeah, and then I, then I died. Uh, but don't worry, you then wake up in the hunter's dream.
1: Does that mm. sentence makes sense?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then you run along, and little things from the ground give you some... Uh, they give you a cane, an axe, or a sp- saw
1: cleaver? It's a saw cleaver, yeah, yeah, but the little things from the ground are weird. They are really, really weird. They're like ghost weird. babies.
0: They're ghost babies from the ground. And you start seeing... You've probably seen these before because of how many people die in the beginning. This, like, red pool on the ground that summons a gravestone if you get near it. And these little tiny weird death babies, should we call them from now on? Yeah. They're called messengers, but they're really death babies. They're quite groupie. Um And loads of these will disappear in front of them. And if you push X on one of these statues, you see this red outline of a person who runs forward. And mine's getting eaten by a werewolf. <laughs> 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 and that's the last second of someone else's life. So, you anyway, you die, you go to the Hunter's Dream, you pick up one of these weapons. I was an absolute idiot and I picked up the cane.
1: Don't you went for style over substance.
0: Yeah, but apparently you've got to kill things in this game, so do for the cane. <laughs> but I
1: went for like a big rusty saw on a stick.
0: Yeah, there are gen- genuinely legitimate good reasons to pick up the cane, but the rest of the weapons do far, far more damage.
1: Like, the cane I've heard is good for groups, because it can also be changed into a flail.
0: Yeah, it has a huge AoE potential on it. And I mean, AoE is in vertically and horizontally in depth, because I think the hunter's axe does a lot of damage as long as you hit them with the axe, which obviously can only be in one place at one time. But the whip, you sort of... You don't just crack it, you sort of snake it through the air, and you just...
1: It covers a cone in front of you, kind of.
0: Yeah. And, uh... Jesus Christ, the whip was good. There's a few boss battles for the whip, is absolutely amazing, and you can sort of cheese them. If you put a boss on one side of the gravestone and you stand on the other side of the gravestone, you can whip over it. He can't sword slash over it, because all his sword slashes start from the bottom and go up. And Oh, all his axe slashes do that, and he hits the gravestone and stuns himself for half a second, and you're just happily slashing his face off with a whip.
1: And yes, there are boss battles, like in Demon Souls and Dark Souls. And they, are, they could be highlights, but they're not my highlights.
0: I think a good boss battle does well. I think some of the poorly orchestrated ones definitely don't feel like a highlight.
1: Well, again, my highlight is exploration. It's just yeah, so encouraged, the game is, yeah, and it feels like it's a viable thing to do in the game because knowledge is so powerful about what's up and around the next corner that being careful and exploring carefully feels like it's rewarding me—not with any in-game benefit, but. With a, a still a tangible, well, a, a benefit, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like exploring is—it's weird. So when you die, you just respawn back at the last lantern you were met, and everything else is respawned. So you've got to run through the game again. And that's that's an odd concept because you don't want to risk too much. Because if you die, you lose all your souls. Well, blood, cool
1: souls. Blood souls. Echoes. echoes.
0: Whatever, money, dosh.
1: It's 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 money, but it's also experience points.
0: Yeah, so you you level up, you level up with the same stuff that you use to buy bullets and health potions and stuff like that. Um, health potions, I think, are better found off enemies, slightly easier, but some slight risk involved. But I think I find it relatively easy to just positively stock up on on them and just farm a few souls going around.
1: Well, I definitely found in the first area a good place to farm them.
0: Yeah, um, it's under the bridge, isn't it?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's like two big guys that are quite reliable because the big guys always drop the health potions.
0: They always drop two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so exploring is is very worthwhile. But the comes also- a point where you're like, I have gone so far away and I have got so many blood things on me. I could go back and I could level up. I don't know if I want to, but... I don't want to keep going. There could be yeah, a giant cause... surprise around this room. I've come so far and I've done really well, but I've used up all my health potions. You're like, I don't know what to do.
1: I mean, you just like, do I push on? Because I've come so far. Like the, the next checkpoint could just be around the next corner.
0: Yeah, yeah. I could find a new sword that I want to upgrade and come back again. I don't want to do all that work again, because when you do all that work again, you'll be in the exact same situation. <laughs>
1: But also, when you die, you, you feel that as well. You feel like, oh, now I have to go through that again, and I will go through that again. Yeah, I've got like to go through that,
0: and I've got to get through the end, and I've got to not die because if you, if you, when you die, you drop all your blood things on the ground, and enemies can come along and pick it up, and their eyes start glowing evilly. Um, I,
1: did, I see, It took me a while to realise that happened.
0: Yeah, then you've got to, you've got to go pick up, pick them up again, and if you die while they're on the ground or in a bad guy, they vanish gone. forever.
1: So I think I think if you were very zen about that and just accept that when they're gone, that they're, they're, they're gone, yeah, to yeah. use the tautology, then it becomes a lot more relaxing.
0: I, I've got myself stuck in this couple of situations where I've run too far into a room and then died. So my so, the lives after that involve me running into the entrance of the room, <laughs> picking, picking up thing. my blood, and just dragging it closer to the entrance, <laughs> and then just dying, and I don't care because it's closer to the entrance. And I eventually do this, and it takes me about six times, and I eventually get out of the room with all my blood. But because I've had to get to that room in the first place, in the end I end up with like 100,000 blood books. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> probably <laughs> so not the I've never best use that. of my time, but I've done it.
1: So I've, I've always, when they've fallen and they've gone, I've just gone, it's really difficult to get, I'll probably die. They've gone from my existence. Those are no longer my blood echoes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've done it with bosses a few times. I've chained them a lot. It's, uh, I think Father Gascoigne never lost blood. Killing him. That's why it's so much blood after that fight. What
1: well, What do you think of the the theme?
0: Okay, so the um, the, hmm, the theme is uh, a weird sort of horror Victorian.
1: Well, it starts off very classic top hats, Victorian werewolf.
0: Yeah, especially if you've got a cane.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you start off you wearing like you're wearing a waistcoat, and braces.
0: Yeah, and trousers, and some nice shoes, and this weird like executioner's cloak. not gonna lie it's a bit weird no you have
1: to find the executioner's cloak you start off just wearing like a a shirt and and... you've
0: got that weird hood thing on don't you
1: Uh, maybe
0: yeah it's like a traveller's cloak or something oh yeah (laughs) uh, if
1: you read the description it says uh, you come from out of town
0: and that's all you know you wake up on a table inside a clinic and you're like what's going on here and you talk to the person in charge of the clinic and she doesn't know and she acts surprised that you're even (laughs) talking to her Like, oh cheers, thanks. And you gotta run away. Oh. But
1: but then the world gets gradually more and more alien.
0: Yeah. So people start blaming you for things. So
1: it's just it's not only that, it's the fact that there's something called the hunt going on. And they're hunting monsters, but they are monsters, and you're unsure what what your purpose in the world is and and what their purpose in the world is. Some people seem
0: to be locked up, some people seem to be outside. There's dogs, there's monsters, there's crows, which are vicious Terrifying. and evil, <laughs> and huge, like a cow-shaped, just a cow-sized crow that doesn't have any legs as far as I can tell.
1: And just leaps at you.
0: Yeah, and sound like dogs. they <laughs> <laughs> You would never stop hating them. I thought I would. I thought they'd go away quite quickly, because I thought, yeah, crows don't really belong anywhere in the city, but no... No, they're everywhere. Uh, I, we, we should say we haven't finished it. So no. uh, we actually <laughs> we can't talk about it to that sort of final extent of, oh, isn't the storyline great? But the storyline...
1: So far, I'm really enjoying the storyline.
0: It's almost entirely environmental storytelling. So no one you told us anything about the storyline.
1: <laughs> but I'm, I'm really, really enjoying this. I'm really enjoying the fact that the world is utterly alien. And it's been a while since I've played a game in which the world was completely unknown, but yet familiar Yeah, yeah.
0: It's definitely familiar as in it's not some sort of weird alien society where you say hello by throwing coins in each other's faces, but...
1: You know the basic rules of society, but do you?
0: Because they still exist. There are still horse carriages everywhere. There are still doctor's clinics. There are still houses. There are still... If you go up to someone's window and you can knock on it and they will talk to you. But It's just like, well, I can't help you. There's a hunt on. Like, okay. (laughs) What's a hunt? Well, I can't help you. (laughs) Okay, okay. I'll move on here. Um, but people will leave their houses. You can you can sh- shepherd people around to go talk to them. And I think we found the central hub location. I think. Yeah. I think that's uh, o- Erden Chapel.
1: It's, it's yeah, the chapel with the or...
0: strange, strangest thing. He
1: seems like a good guy, but he's like a melted yeah, man like
0: or... stuck on the ground with really long, lanky limbs, and
1: and he's pallid and kind of grey. And I
0: was very tempted to seems... kill him.
1: <laughs> and he, he he speaks he speaks really nicely to you though. Yeah, he's he like does. oh hi there welcome to the chapel you're more than welcome tell your friends <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay I, I will thank you strange thing on the ground
1: <laughs> but it's really refreshing to play something that different as well yeah like both in terms of setting and because like, I haven't played a game like this before so yeah yeah it's a it's a lovely experience. Even know. when it's forcing me against a brick wall.
0: I don't know how else to describe it, but just... I mean, maybe it's not so strange if you've played the Dark Souls games, and maybe you won't like it if you've played Dark Souls and Demon's Souls, because it's, it, I think it is a huge departure, and it's... You could say simplified, you could also say made less obtuse. <laughs> Take your pick. There's still no goddamn tutorial, which the game could sort of do with a... The game what? could do I... with a slightly longer tutorial, because there are about... Six enemies you have to kill in a row, never more than two at a time, until the game goes, screw it, here's a mob. And like, not, <laughs> not like a mob that's in a bad guy, but here's like a mob of people, like an, an angry oh, mob of people, people do... who are out to kill you with guns like... and dogs and
1: a and beyond bonfire the, boss battle, the <laughs> Beyond Sorry. the boss battle, like I think that's still like the most difficult thing in the game. Yeah, because- at yeah, that just... stage in the game.
0: There are other points where you come across monsters and you find them really tough to kill. But you're like, I've dealt with this now. I know how to dodge. I know that when people wind up an attack, I should probably get out of the way because they will
1: kill me. It's my fault if I get hit by that giant axe.
0: Yeah. But at this point in time, you're just like running along and you just see, see somebody. And they start off and they start shouting at you. They start throwing insults at you. They start blaming you for everything. I think they even go, it's all your fault. <laughs> and they've got weird cockney accents, which... I can't lie, they have sort of ruined that bit for me. I, I, I sort of expect Dick Van Dyke to appear at any moment.
1: <laughs> Do you think that that first hurdle is put in to put off people who wouldn't enjoy the game, wouldn't enjoy that level of difficulty, and so you put I, in I... an initial hurdle that you get over, and yes, you've, you've paid the, the time, you've put in effort, you will enjoy this game. And I... otherwise, don't play the game, you won't enjoy it, you you. you put off now. Thank you for putting me off early.
0: It's there partly for that, and also partly to uh, encourage Dark Souls player and go, look, we haven't dumbed down this game. It's still tough as nails.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, yeah,
0: I think it definitely serves that dual purpose, but
1: I think slightly longer. Yeah, because... That that first... You feel like you're stuck against a really annoying kind of wall because yeah. you can't move forwards past these enemies Yeah, until yeah. you de- dealt with them and it takes a while to deal with them.
0: You I can also run in the game. and You can run past them all if you really want to. Nothing's stopping you.
1: Nothing's stopping you except for your own mind because they're so deadly and they'll chase you.
0: You don't realise some of them have guns. You don't realise there are dogs. You don't realise there are crows and the crows will eat you and...
1: And then there's something in the same, in that same mob area, there's something pounding against the wall, and you don't know what it is. You can just hear it pounding to be let in.
0: And you do don't know if it, if they are keeping it out, if it just happens to be on the other side of this wall and is knocking. I I don't know. I was half expecting it to be just like knocking something into the door for for <laughs> ages, just as that sort of I don't know, environmental storytelling. Because no one seemed that fussed. There are a lot of people around, and none of them seem terrified that there's a big knocking on a door. <laughs> which could easily be walked around, and I find that slightly strange, but they're giants, they're notoriously, and tend to be a bit stupid stories like this, don't they? Uh,
1: How have you found, like, the... Not the jump scares, but the jump monsters? Because there are a couple of ones that jump out and will attack you unless you're being cautious. Do you think they're fair?
0: Uh, I think all examples I've seen so far have been fair because you... You have a chance to see them.
1: And I, I, I guess the game teaches you quite early on, I guess, like Dark Souls. So, you um, know this, that...
0: the, the witches that you meet in Hypergion Jail?
1: Are they witches? Oh, yeah, those things, yeah.
0: Yeah. They yeah, have the ho- and... most
1: horrible sound effect where they kind of, when they die, they have this blood curdling like, scream. Well,
0: it's, oh, <laughs> God, it's awful. But, um, so, you run in this corridor and you see one of them run right in front of you.
1: Yeah, ah, of the door. I've got
0: something there. What you shouldn't do is walk through this door slowly, because there's another one to the right who will just grab you and try and rip your eyeballs out. I thought it was a really terrible animation for slitting your throat. But <laughs> no, they're ripping your eyeballs out. Oh, are
1: they? Because I always assume they're slitting your throat.
0: No, no, ripping your eyeballs so out. So they
1: jump on your back, and they have the hands, because one of them's around your neck, moving slightly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, with that, I don't want to spoil this too much, because some of it is absolutely magnificent. But without spoiling it too much, remember that boss.
1: Oh, the, the boss it looks like, yeah.
0: Yeah, they're definitely eyeballs. Okay,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's so me and Sandy. We've also been playing this, and I think it's the first example of like a social game that I've played, like without just a send a tweet to your friends about how you've been doing. <laughs> so, so, we've been playing this sort of in tandem. We've been talking about this, and uh, Sandy's often just put me playing on, and then I've streamed it to him. <laughs> What's really? Me- he's just watched me, and then just had dinner on in the background. <laughs>
1: Or, like, I've gotten a bit further than you and say, hey, Alan, do you like snakes? (laughs) Here's a picture of a snake.
0: Uh, I honestly was expecting, like, one room of snakes, but no, there's a forest of snakes. And oh, my God, that is just, I don't like that place. (laughs) I'm glad I never have to go back.
1: The soundtrack is also amazing. Like, I, I, I really think it fits the mood. And it was also just good to listen to.
0: I, I don't know what the mood is. The mood is dark. That's as far as I can tell. Because <laughs> honestly, like, it, oh. there's a lot that they've done right there. I think there's a, there's a lot that they've done very, very right. And what they've done right is what a lot of games don't do right. Now, I'm not saying this game is perfect. I think it does a lot of things wrong as well. But I think what it does wrong, other games tend to do okay. Or they're, they're wrong things that don't matter.
1: Well, so there's wrong things that other games also do wrong. Like, occasionally you'll need to grind to yeah. level up, because a bit might just be too difficult for you to do at the moment. And you might be able to do it if you're good, but I don't think Alan and I are good. No, no. So, they've,
0: they've also, there's something in the game that the longer you play it, the worse the AI of the bosses get. Really? Yeah, yeah. They thought it was a bug originally, but no, it's in, it's natural mechanic, because it was in Dark Souls 2.
1: Oh, really? The worse the AI of the bosses I get? This is the first time I've heard this.
0: But, like, yeah, for it to have a noticeable effect, you need to leave your PS4 on 24 hours. Yeah, but... Kind of thing.
1: Wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that.
0: It's, it's weird, but I mean, I uh, I'm glad they put something like that in because the the difficulty is. Mm, I I actually don't think the difficulty is that bad. I think there are worse games for difficulty spikes, but that treat the player as somebody who may want to know some information more than otherwise. I think Dave's back. Anyway, but yeah. So <laughs> in Bloodborne, if I can't kill a bat, if I can't kill a boss. I can just go kill a little bad guy run back to base let him respawn go kill him run back to base and i can keep doing this at infinitum so i can technically become max level in the first area killing that just one werewolf over and over and over again but a game like monster hunter treats you as if you don't know anything and goes okay here's a tutorial but genuinely if i can't kill a great jaggy a monster hunter there is no way for me to get better material so that I can kill a great jaggy you'll be that's
1: stuck it. at that level until you can
0: yeah I could get some slightly better equipment but not much better so I'm genuinely stuck at monster hunter if I can't kill a great jaggy and so that's why I don't like people going oh I like how this game treats you an adult it's like no no this game doesn't treat you as an adult this game treats you as somebody who has an encyclopedia describing this book and I think this game is a lot better in the series because there is definitely several wikis about it which I don't think it was terribly true about demon souls
1: i don't know but the other thing like you i think relates to that point you're making the fact that if you can't kill this thing you're stuck there i really like the fact there's almost always two or three alternate paths that are just completely different branches of the story yeah you can just follow and so i'm stuck at this point in this game i'm gonna go do something else now
0: yes yes yeah There, there is that and it it works well
1: um because that's happened to me a couple of times. I got stuck on a boss and went, "I can't do this boss right now. I'll go explore somewhere else."
0: There are su- some bosses are non-optional, and if you do everything else, you can still get stuck on that. But usually, by the time you come back, you're much higher level, so it's at least easier. Yeah. So think- you've Google something to see how it is. <laughs> so would, who would you recommend this to, Sandy? Would you recommend it to everybody? Would you put a limit on the recommendations, or
1: um, I wouldn't recommend it to children. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we, we, we say
0: horror, there's a lot of horror. There are a lot it, of moments where I've just been terrified. and
1: There's you know, a lot of drugs uh, and a lot of violence. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And, oh, I just, I love, I love, I love the, I love it. I really do like it a lot. I would recommend it to anyone with a passing interest.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to have to go for a few seconds. We'll be right back, Sandy.
1: Okay. Well, I will we'll talk about why I love you it. You keep talking, Okay, Sandy. well, I, I I, really like, the, the, as I said, the alien world, because I feel like... I'm exploring a new place, and so I'm learning not only in-game facts about the layout of the map, where the enemies are, but I'm learning facts about what the world is like and why these people are in a city and why this church has been built and what their religion is, because it seems to be heavily inspired by branches of Christianity. But there's a subtle, well, it starts off subtle, but then goes full-blown out the window, genre shift and terms of type of horror. And it's really nice to just go, hmm. I can see this coming. And this is really weird, but I'm enjoying this. And it's really good. Uh hard to explain, but I would recommend it to people who like games. And who are old enough to play this game. This is the point in the podcast where I insult Alan. And he'll have to listen back to it to edit it out. Alan is farts. I wonder where Alan is. Where is Alan? If this was the Today Show, I think they use the silent dead air in today's show as a, or used to in the Cold War, as a nuclear warning. So if London had been lost, if there's a certain amount of dead air in the Radio 4 morning show, be a coded signal for nuclear submarines off the coast of Britain to launch at strategic targets. And so I think if we wait long enough, it would count as a nuclear silence launch in that fun fact.
0: Yay! So, uh, Sandy, you've said your piece about what you think about Bloodborne. I think it's hmm, it's an odd game. It's definitely good fun, and it definitely has the feel of being well-crafted. I don't think it's for everybody. I think the praise that it's gotten, especially the descriptions of people's praise that it's gotten, is, is a bit weird of people telling, talking about if it, it's a mature game. Was,
1: I, I would recommend it to everyone to rent it, at least to see if you enjoy it. Yeah,
0: I, think, I, I, I get the concept why people say it's a mature game, because it, it does ask you to, to treat it differently from other games. But the idea of calling it mature, I think, is a bad one, just because society sort of... This knowledge of kids want to grow up and be mature. And I always want to be seen as mature, not some, some out of control person who doesn't know what's going on in their lives. And so I think this people calling this game mature is a bit... it feels a bit preachy. It feels a bit yeah, like...
1: It, it, makes, it makes it feel like you're saying other games are immature, even if they are still fun, well-crafted adventures.
0: Yeah, and people complaining about tutorials in games that have really confusing mechanics. I think people aren't really complaining about tutorials, I think they're complaining about bad tutorials, which is you know it's a bit like looking just, at a game that looks horrible and going oh gosh games shouldn't have graphics <laughs> we should go back it's to a bit like, like
1: instead of praising the game you're putting other games
0: yeah 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 um but i think i think it is good i don't think as good as the praise is sort of universal praise has gone
1: i, I think it's really good like it, it's yeah, it's definitely me, really good
0: I, but i think it's a
1: breath of fresh air like because i haven't played the game like it in terms of story atmosphere or gameplay yeah it just, Which is really novel, novelty is good.
0: Yeah, it's definitely pulled me back to it a lot. But I've, I've taken an attitude of... I played it once when I was annoyed at the game. And I just, I've <laughs> given up from that. If I die and I go, that was bullshit. I had no idea that Monster could do that. There's been a few bosses where I've been like, okay, I've seen what he's doing now, and I've seen this before, so I know what's going to happen. And then something completely different happens.
1: Like, different boss stages.
0: Yeah, and so there's one boss yeah. stage where snakes appear. Previously, all the snakes... All the big snakes at least spit poison at you, or attack you if you're really close to them. I wasn't near them, so I thought, they're going to spit poison at me, better finish this boss fight off quickly. Turns out they don't spit poison at you. I'll leave what they actually yes. do as a surprise, but it's not what I thought it was, and so I, I counted that as a bullshit excuse.
1: And there's like, and because to get to that stage was quite a lot of work, it's yeah. not something you could easily, like, replicate or... You, you want something at that stage to be telegraphed to you. Yeah. Or to be built on a previous mechanic you've learned.
0: But it wasn't, it was just out of the blue, so I went, screw it, I threw the controller down, put it on Netflix, and came back to it, I think, three, four days later?
1: Because yeah, I yeah. basically
0: had the boss down, so what I did was I summoned in some other people, and apparently two people came in, and they helped me out <laughs> to kill the boss, and the boss died really quickly, and I'm like, I don't care, I should have had you by rights, I should have killed you. The first time I got in, I got you down to, well, it was a boss where there's three different bosses you've got to kill at the same time. And I killed one the first time, and the second one was down to really low health. So I was like, no, I've got you in the bag, but I'm, I'm not playing this goddamn stupid game where silly things happen and I die. So I just put people in, and I don't mind.
1: Is it a spoiler to say what the genre shifts to in terms of horror? Or... Mm, no, because bit. I think
0: it's it's sort of... No, I think it's fair to say what it is, because I think it's it's obvious from the beginning.
1: I don't think it is. I think... I think there's a tonal change which happens about a quarter of the way through yeah. when some more plot threads start to interweave.
0: Yeah, okay, I think that's fair enough. Okay, we won't tell you, but it's not... It's not we we'll definitely say a few things that it's not, so it's definitely not jump horror. There are no, jumpy
1: bits. It's, it's not chainsaw hillbilly horror.
0: And it's not a lot of grotesque horror of this is a hideous thing that's happening. There are some bits about that, and dear God, if you if you take pick the chain do not keep smashing the cleric beast in the face with it in whip form <laughs> that is disgusting and that was horrifying and i did that and i was like oh my god and i just have to run away from him for about two minutes I, just to cool down I,
1: I really, there are really cool moments though where it is like you see something giant like the cleric beast or even just a giant monster walking around the normal world yeah, yeah. and you go what the hell is that how can i fight that and having that feeling of Like, sort of helplessness in this game, where you've been powerful before, is really refreshing as well. Like, it's quite nice to to suddenly enter a new area and feel helpless compared to these huge, really well-designed monstrosities.
0: Yeah, and I think that's... They they really are... They really are monsters. They really are these weird, obscure things. And it's just... You can probably tell what type of horror it is from our description, but we're not saying the words just in case, and to leave you full of suspense, but something is going wrong with that world, and no one has an idea of what's going wrong.
1: And it's not the werewolves.
0: <laughs> Apparently they're perfectly normal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, actually, no. At the beginning, it's really hard to tell who's being hunted who's the hunters, because everyone's talking Cause... about there's a hunt going
1: on. And they look like wolves. And they're trying to like kill you. Have... <laughs> and you look like a normal human. It's... Although in my case, you, I, you always look and I quite like a bit gangly and awkward when you make a character.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: you do. Like I, I'm just kind of weird lady character with a hook nose and...
0: I made a perfectly annoying. reasonable looking guy, I thought, but I mean... When you get covered in blood, if you take off your clothes, you still have the old blood mark. <laughs> so if you wear this weird hat, and most of, the, most of the chess pieces give you a sort of lower face mask as well. So if you take off that chest piece, and you take off that hat, you end up with this weird sort of, like, makeup strike around your eyes. (laughs) It takes a while to cop on to what that is, but then you're like, oh, that's blood. And the blood is everywhere.
1: I know how the the name is in the the title of the game, but I really do like how it's so consistently all about blood.
0: Oh, yeah. I think in the beginning, you end up getting a transfusion of blood, and then your health vials are just blood vials that you stab into your leg.
1: When you defeat a monster so you get covered in blood and Might werewolves, be blood werewolves. Werewolves have a lot to do with because, like you get tainted blood from werewolves and stuff, and at least law wise.
0: There is just so much going on with this game, but
1: And you're collecting blood, yeah. Like it it's really in the name. Yeah. And it's it sounds grotesque, but it's it's so well put together, I think, that you don't, you begin to not mind, you begin to fall into the world.
0: Yeah, I, I will say that you, it numbs you to the horror. So you get used to this this strange world you're running around in. So you're not constantly running around terrified of these creatures. But the game knows this, and so the game changes slightly. So a, as we said with that mob, you can just run past them all. And it's actually quite fun to do. Um, I haven't done that yet. But as soon as you get past the other side, the game sort of clicks over and it becomes something slightly else. And they won't follow you through that arena. I don't know why. I presume it's because those goddamn crows.
1: So... <laughs> but no, it's a it's a really good horror game, and I'm I'm not a big fan of horror games. Yeah,
0: I'm. I like horror, as I've said before, but I'm terrible at it, and I can. Well, it's not
1: survival. It's not survival horror, and that seems to be the big horror genre is either Five Nights at Freddy' jump scares or survival horror. I and mean, in this, you're not. It's not based on survival. You're tough. You're powerful. You're capable of killing monsters
0: there are it's okay people are killing you yeah you don't, you don't feel powerless at any time um, you might feel like not enough at some times against certain bosses especially when you but first you can, see always, but you,
1: but you can always do it if you try yeah
0: you, you don't feel powerless you just feel less powerful like you are the underdog and that you can do this But I, I think we should just start to wrap up there do you reckon Sandy? yeah, yeah, we're yeah I think so
1: piece. I would recommend it to people I would recommend you rent it first if you can still do that with games. So,
0: yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I would wholeheartedly recommend it. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the end of another mini episode of Perfect Emotion. I say mini, not in length, but in number of people on it. Uh, I've got <laughs> some Alan. I'm you know I'm on Twitter at Octavius 404 I think that's my Twitter handle. I always forget. It is, uh, yeah. Sandy, do you wanna?
1: Well, I'm I'm Sandy. I'm also on Twitter at Team Boring. Yay!
0: You can find us at perfectcommotion.co.uk. We are on Twitter at Perfect Emotion with one M. That's not <laughs> a spelling that. mistake, it's just the, the the length that you can land to have on Twitter. Uh yeah, you can email us at feedback at perfectcommotion.co.uk see what you want. You probably know us, so I'm not gonna say this, but we are well you don't need to know this, but I'll tell it in case somebody doesn't find us on iTunes. We are on iTunes, and we are. I think we're on PocketCast, You can find us by searching Perfect Commotion. And we have an RSS feed, so if you don't like Apple and you don't use PocketCast, you can just throw that somewhere and you can get updates about us. So, yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Perfect Commotion, and we'll see you again in about two weeks.
1: And hopefully, Thanks for having me on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Sandy. Hopefully, we'll have other Sandy back on. Hopefully, we'll have Dave, and hopefully, we'll have Nick.
1: All right. Bye. Bye. That was fun.